woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team, but at least we've got no bards. World What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers, a weekly podcast that follows the hilarity and hardships of a group of world-hopping adventurers trying to save existence. The World Walkers are in trouble. Brummelstone, Tompkins, Tin, and Roberto have all been swallowed into the Dreaming, where they're at the mercy of the Dream Hunters, savage nightmares that have total control over their dreamscapes. Ertleby, having shifted into a panther, has so far kept Vasa out of their grasp. We join Roberto now as he is confronted with the idea that his life up to this point may in fact be one of slavery, of servitude. Please enjoy Season 3, Episode 23, The People That Matter. So the big red hot sun reaches out to me. It reaches out to you and it, it, a voice fills your essence. And it says, finally, it is done. You are released from the slavery that you once knew. It's time to return home. And what's what's reaching out to you is something that you've only heard about in myth. The idea that there are elder spirits, supreme elemental beings that are the absolute epitome of their element. And the elder spirit of fire is reaching out to you right now, telling you that you're free. Um, I feel like slavery is kind of a strong word because I kind of enjoyed my time in the waking world. It is understandable that you did not know any better and enjoyed your time as a slave, but you were pulled from the essence and thrown into a metallic body and then told who your family was and then served them. But now, and you can feel him direct you towards Brummelstone statue. The time is at an end. It is time to return home. You may return home or lay here in the darkness forever. Um, I'm not going home with you because I don't know who you are, like a complete stranger. Like, I was told not to <laughs> get into strange cars with strange men, so I don't got appreciate... Like, you can't tell me what I can't decide for me what is important to me and I don't even I this probably isn't even real so if you don't mind I think I'm gonna stay here with my brother then you will be killed by your past and this the fire starts to fade and you can feel this is your last chance I'm not gonna I will not give in to this it's not real probably <laughs> Calling your bluff. <laughs> Game. Probably. Guys, if we just go to sleep, we can get a dream in a dream. <laughs> that sounds like a great movie idea. Let's do this. Do you have to stop at one dream, though? What if it's a dream and a dream and a dream? Somebody write this down. Yeah. 
I like the idea that you would make the second dream layer really just boring. Like you're just in a boring <laughs> lecture so that the person falls asleep to get to the third dream <laughs> So you say that out loud and then you can feel the fires start to fade and it pulls back and you realize a truth. You realize that it is, in fact, a dream, and you can feel some of the truths and the realities that were once set in stone for you when you first kind of woke up here fade away, and you still feel yourself in this kind of darkness, this plane, and behind you, the uh, statue starts to crack and break apart, and all that's left is this thick, liquidy, inky substance that's the same thing that you fought before it takes form. I knew it! Oh, shit! Panther B and Vasa, you have successfully outrun the creatures that were trying to take you down. Um, you are actually on the verge of the swamp by the time you feel that uh, it's safe enough for you to slow down and catch your breath. So what are you doing now? Can we progress to the edge of the swamp? Like, what, what's, what's beyond the edge? What does it look like? It's a very stark contrast because the swamp ends and immediately becomes plains. And not too far away from you is the path, cleanly ripped into the fields and leading uh, ever westward. Um, if, if Asa happens to notice this while... Ertle cat there is galloping at full speed. Um, Lassa would try to like nudge with her knees to like guide her in at least closer to where. Um, like she, we're gonna reach the edge of the swamp anyway. I mean the swamp trees anyway. But like so that we just come to the edge that's nearest to the path, but just off of it. Uh, Panther B would go along with this, but stay in Panther mode. Yeah. Um. But right before we reach the edge and break out, um, Vasa would try to like, like tug on Ertlebe, Ertle Meow's ears, and like try to get her to stop before exiting the swamp. Uh, she would obey. Yeah, and then, and then Vasa would just get get off and and would like one make sure that they're not being pursued anymore. But then sort of um, once she's secured that, sort of turn around and say like, "Well, gr- grandmother, how should we proceed from here?" Um, Ertleby has one leg up and is licking her crotch, cat like. Okay. And then she she would peek out of the the swamp um, the swamp trees, try to see if she can see anything besides the path on the plains that is stretching wide. Um. It gets into some kind of rolling hills. The path travels those hills. And then far off in the distance, you can see a large, sheer cliffside. And racing up along that cliff is an impossibly tall tower. Okay. So we knew about the tower. Um, is there anything be- behind us in the within the swamp, noise or shadows that just suggest that the nightmares are about to catch up to us? Nothing as of yet. Okay. Panther Bee would be pacing in a circle now, 
um, clearly agitated and maybe like with a paw, since she's still got her intelligence, she'd like draw a picture of tin, but it's like a really, it's a, it's a bad picture. It's tin. just it's a like, paw print. It's literally just a paw print, but in like Panther mind, she's like, it looks just like tin. It's this is very clear. Uh, and she like, she turns to, to Vasa and shows off her like, her like, like messy paw print. She did like a messy paw print for everyone on the team. No, I see, um, I see one, two, three, four paw prints. And I'm like, I know grandmother, we need to get our team back. But then she, she like, she sees that an Ertle cat thing is uh, irritated and or, or agitated and all that. So she kind of like reaches down and like scritches her behind her ears to try to calm her down. And she's like, grandmother, I need you. I need you back the way you are. We need to talk about this. Panther bee is purring with all the scritching and then like starts shrinking and shrinking and becomes an old lady again that for some reason you're scratching her head. But yeah, she's no, no. Actually, Vasa has never really figured out at what point in the transition is it weird to do whatever you've been doing to animal uh, early. So she's like, eh, I think I pulled back a little bit too late on that one. Sorry about that, grandmother. <laughs> no worries. Uh, but she's like, nah, grandmother, that was, a, that was a very smart escape on your part. But now we're faced with a new conundrum of how to, f- of how to proceed forward and how to recover our companions. I don't have any clear answers right now. I just know we can't leave them behind. I, I agree. However, I think it would be safe to assume that they have been taken into the nightmare realm where we cannot, without risking our own, our own uh, presences, where we cannot follow. How can we use this world to our advantage in order to get them back? This is a world of high drama and high stakes. Well... I was going, and uh, Voss was like, well, you know, I guess one of us could, in a crazy bid, uh, try to fall asleep and dream about them, to dream up some sort of portal for them to walk back out through, because if nightmares can emerge from our dreams into the waking world, perhaps our friends in the dreaming world can also walk out through us. If any place that were possible, perhaps here. Grandmother, grandmother, wake up. Grandmother. <clears throat> Sorry, I was, I was dreaming about a portal that we could open for our friends by dreaming here idea. to rescue them from the nightmares. It's an idea I just came up with. It's a good idea, but it's quite a reckless one that might invite more enemies and no friends. We could potentially proceed forward and leave as much clues to our forward journey that might be one way. If I reach out to them with my power of find object, I guess it would just find object. Um, well, yes, which, absolutely. Try. Well, but if they're in if they're in the shadow realm, will I even notice anything? Will I just be like, nope, they're not here. I'm going to try it. Find object. Find object. Which object are you looking for? The piece of paper that I crinkled up and gave to Tim. All right. It's not on this. It's not within a thousand feet. I failed to find them. Okay. Tin, the statues are descending upon you, and they have this accusatory look in their eyes. You're not quite sure 
what they're trying to convey to you, but they look like they're in absolute pain as they begin to attack you. Several of them come and descend upon you, and they start just trying to throw their fists into you, but you're able to successfully get out of the way of each attack as they come at you, and then it is your turn. Uh... This is where I, like, screw it all up, I'm sure. Um, how many of them are attacking her now? Like, There's six coming at you right now with more on the way. Wow. Okay. Each one seems to have a different reason to hate you. So other than me, are there any that I would potentially recognize as, like, fellow... And they're all you. Oh, they're all me? They're all you, Oh, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> Because <laughs> oh. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn around and punch at me, and then it was just like, oh wait, they're all. No, that's alright. They're all you. They each have a different reason to hate you. They have a, the accusation in their eye. Who's having the most emo dream now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Turns out that Tin has a lot of aim. So what are you doing? Ah, uh, gosh. Um, she's. I'm. I'm gonna turn. She's gonna turn around. And, uh, I don't know. Then we will come back. Okay. <laughs> Brummelstone. Um, so the room's gone dark. I recognize I'm in the belly of a beast. Mm-hmm. The room is made of shadows, and it's getting ready to attack you. Um, uh, I would yell out. Torment, show your true form. And I would try to see if I have my rock, my summoning stone. You do. And then I would summon Kilrum. Yeah, he just erupts. And then when you say that, Torment, show your true form, you watch as out of the shadow, across the walls, the ceiling, and the floor, come rows and rows and rows of teeth. The teeth are jagged, and they only make room for more teeth. And then they attack. The entire house descends on you and attempts to chew and swallow and tear you apart with its teeth. But between uh, you and your son, you're able to kind of fend them off and keep up. Like, basically keep throwing like your, your rocky shoulder at where you need to and just constantly just allow the new protection you found in your summon to protect you. You're gonna have to see a dentist. <laughs> Roberto, you watch as that sticky black substance keeps the form of your brother. And then begins to slowly move towards you. Um, am I? I'm still like a, a flaming spirit right now, right? As far as you know, yeah. Sorry, I know crap. Um, which means I believe that I don't have any ways to fight it. If it were, if I was supposed to fight it. Hmm. It it takes the form of my brother. And then what? It's coming for you, but it's your turn. Um. Beat me up, beat me up! <laughs> wow! <laughs> I hear a voice in my head saying, "Beat me up." Um. Ah, oh, crap! Like I. Uh, 
I'm not sure what to do, but I would... It I would... moves to attack you then. Okay. As soon as you doubt yourself like that... That's fair. <laughs> it crashes into you. Uh, it slams into you for nine damage. Do you have any inspiration? I have two inspiration. You lose one point of inspiration. Uh... And it slams into you for nine damage. And then it starts to... like It's kind of like throws one of its arms forward crashes into you and then you watch as the blackness starts to absorb you it starts to snuff the fire that you're that you're made of it'll be in vasa so i vasa would say you know between you and me grandmother i do not think proceeding forward and hoping for our friends hoping for the best for our friends is an option to me Wait, say that one more time. Oh, before uh, you do, real quick, I'm sorry, I forgot to ask. I need um, Wesley and Megan and Enzo to roll a d20. <gasps> Would no any any modifiers? No modifiers. Okay. Six. Eighteen. Three. All right, cool. Thank you. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> And sure, so, it's fine. I think. But yeah, Vasa, Vasa says to Ertleby, she says, you know, grandmother, between you and me, I do not think just simply proceeding forward and hoping for the best with our friends is an option here. I agree. We need action. Strong, confident action. I liked our idea, mostly mine, of going to sleep and drawing the nightmares to us. And I think we can accentuate it by pretending, and she reaches into her bag of holding, this crystal is a shard. Well, Grandmother, I mean, as much as I think engaging the nightmares is the only way we can reach our friends, we so far have not been able to exert any control over the nightmares beyond our beyond simply destroying them. I do not think drawing the nightmares here and attacking them will necessarily cause them to cough up our friends. If... I, I am much more for the strategy that if they are somewhere in the dreaming realm to use our identities as lucid dreamers and because we voluntarily entered the sleep, perhaps we can find them in the dreaming realm and bring them back somehow. You're saying fall asleep and then try something like locate object? Perhaps that, but also it's we are lucid dreamers and dreams are essentially... Uh, our world's shape. If I were to fall asleep, I might try um, envisioning a guide or envisioning a compass that points me to our friends or envisioning a gate that is that I set there and that I should bring our friends to to step back out with. I, I've, I'm, only, I'm, I'm purely theorizing here, but I see, I don't see any m- more obvious way. I think you're right. I think this is the way to go. We should try falling asleep and setting out a beacon to help our friends. My only hesitation is both of us falling asleep because if our sleep is indeed a beacon to the nightmares as well, we, if both of us are asleep, we risk being attacked in our, in our sleep and not waking up in, in time to realize it. When you turn back around, Ertleby has already fallen asleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ertleby, I need to know, what are you dreaming of? So Ertleby is back on Phallus, and she's a young woman, and she's uh, she's 
uh, in the garden, uh, and she nope. Nope. she hears a noise behind her, and uh, she turns and she's she says, "Key, is that you?" And instead, there's a blonde boy there, uh, uh, and she she really remembers that that very vividly. And there's like this moment where she like looks at the blonde guy who's um, got kind of scruffy hair and some dirt on his face, and he's, he's wearing a bow tie. Um, and then in that moment, she's like, she remembers what she's doing there. And she's like, we need to get to the highest place in Phallus now. We need These to draw people here. These are the things that you wish you had seen when you fell asleep. Oh, no. <laughs> you do find yourself in Phallus, but the entire kingdom feels empty you are in the garden but the garden hasn't been tended to in a long long time almost as if it's been neglected you start to look around and you have just on the on the edge of your perception you have this terrible feeling almost like there's like like a small nail scratching at the back of your neck like imagine somebody with a long fingernail just picking at you every now and then stronger and stronger what are you thinking about at this moment she still wants to um try and like draw the others here and she's like a very clear vision of what she wants to do so okay. she like who are you who do you think of first uh she thinks of the tallest building in Fallis, and she wants to just go there and like make a lot of noise and try and be a beacon for her friends oh okay so you start wandering um out of the garden and towards the tallest building then she starts running because she's in her younger body and so she's she's like running and she's um uh like trying to to think of ways she can like reach out to the others and as she's running for some reason who are you thinking of when you do that Roberto she's thinking like um like of uh like maybe she even like sees a forged in in the street and then for some reason thinks of Roberto instead of tin and she's she just just for some reason just doesn't think of tin she's just running she's running and just not thinking about tin um and she's like as as you're running right there's all sorts of uh like the streets are barren papers are shredded um buildings are abandoned but something catches your eye like you're thinking of like you're trying to find your friends trying to find a reporto the moment you think of that you feel your attention drawn to a small building that used to be a bookshop Is this supposed to have more significance? It's up to you. Are you still running for your original goal, or are you going to move yeah, to this? So, no, so she's going to stop and be like, like, the bookshelf. The book, the bookshop. That's what I meant to say. And she, she, she pauses and turns and then starts running to that. Okay. So you burst, like, even though, like, it wasn't really that close to you, you take a step forward and you're there. You burst through the doors and in the middle of the table, and you, you, you keep thinking you have to get to Roberto, and the thing that's in the middle of the table is a small, dark orb. And if you stare into it for too long, you can see different timelines and what would have been on the uh, table, and you recognize it 
as Brummelstone's orb. Oh. Orby. Orby. <laughs> <laughs> she grabs it. The moment you grab it, you disappear. And the next second, you can see Roberto in this open darkness field that you can still see. And even though it's pitch black, you can still see perfectly fine. And it looks like he's battling some sort of inky substance that looks like his brother. <laughs> Vasa, uh, anything else you do? Like, so you turn around and you see Erdby's out. Just... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that vision of you like being like, but it's difficult and you turn around and she's in full on PJs. That's pretty much how it feels too. So yeah, so she basically um she keeps herself busy. Like she because of her previous costume, she doesn't think it's worth it for both of them to be asleep. So with her spare time, she's honestly gonna like one, um tuck or tuck Ertl, like try to find a discreet spot for them like she picks up Ertl, be nice and gentle and like tries to find a very good defendable area such that if they were assaulted they couldn't be surrounded um but the, the hopefully has a way out if you know they give me assaulted. a wisdom check okay good good thing i uh i got with the wisdoms all right so roll nope i do not have the wisdoms i rolled a six okay fuck that um She's just, she's winging it. She's, yeah, she's winging it. But um, once she finds a place that she thinks, okay, fine, you know, there's, yeah, I'll pick this spot. Um, she gently lays Ertl B down, um, props her up against a tree. Mm, I was thinking of like putting a bell on her in case she moves, <laughs> but I don't think I have a bell. Yeah, she's just gonna like she's gonna spend her time whittling um like spears essentially. And then when she's done with one, she'll like walk a distance, hide it somewhere, like in a bush or something, and just like kind of plant weapons around because she's not really sure what to do right now. Um and then she's gonna return to Erdelby and just like always constantly scan the area, but always focus, refocus back on Erdelby's face for any sign that she's suffering and may potentially need to be woken up. Tin, they are still swarming you. They swarm you, and uh, some of them do connect with you. They deal nine damage to you, and you lose two more wisdom. And then it's your turn. Uh, yeah, she does a thunder wave. All right, so you let loose with a thunder wave. They, none of them get pushed back, but you do see them suffer the effect a little bit. Uh, what else are you doing? I guess she'll yell or, like, try and talk to the closest one if she can or if that doesn't yeah. count. She'll just be like, uh... Like, cut this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) And the moment you talk to them, the first one looks at you and says, you let her die. And then another one Ah! says, we should have never left. And then another one says, they need you. They're all suffering and they need you. The next one looks at you and it just kind of has this terrible sadness in its eye. And it's like, they died because of you. And you're not sure who they're talking about. Brummelstone. Yeah, the whole house now is shifting, and the teeth are pulling back, and they're getting ready to do another huge bite down on you. 
and you can feel yourself being lost to the chasm of this infinite space. Almost um, thinks if this is a dream and I'm a lucid dreamer, I'm going to try to take back control of the realm. And so, you know, like commanding um, Kilrum forward, and if he can himself take a move action, he would like start to strike out and yell dickweed. And like in his vision, if it was a dream, it, like his words would be fire that would spread and burn away the darkness. Is like. You bring light to the room. The shadows are gone. But you can still feel that presence somewhere in the area. And you're just in a normal room. In what would have been your house had you ever lived here. And that's when you do realize it's a dream as well. Um, perfect. Uh, now, Rumblestone thinks, where's Tompkins? And so it's... Mm-hmm. All right, so um, <clears throat> give me a perception check. Twelve plus perception is wisdom, which is one. You think for a second, and unconsciously you walk out of the house, and when you turn around, it's a different house. This house is a small little cottage. Um, it's made of different kinds of stones that were stacked up, and then it has this beautiful, like, wooden architecture to it as well for the walls like the corners are made of these uh expertly stacked stones but those um are somehow kind of like beautifully built into the house itself and there's a small chimney stack and there is a uh a a small fence that kind of protects a little garden next to it right Mm -hmm. and then um over to the side of the house, you can see that uh, there is a little mechanism that allows water to come out of it, which you probably would have seen on Cog, but you've never seen on Obrimos. Mm-hmm. And you take a step back and you realize that somehow you can recognize the uh, architectural skill of Tompkins in this house. I was going to say, this looks like a Tompkins original. Uh, and be- then the door opens for you. Yeah. So then I, I push through and kind of... Mm-hmm. And you can feel yourself leave Obrimos. And the door shuts. Roberto, you're suddenly aware of Ertleby just kind of like somehow like bursting into the scene. You don't know where <laughs> she came from, but then you look down and you're not just flame. You are Roberto. You have your body. Oh, okay. Um, once I realize that I am, I am in my body, and I also realize that I was hurt by this um, nightmare thing. I, I instinctively reach for my weapons, and and they're there, and they're there. I reach for my weapons. They're there, and I swing at the nightmare Brummelstone, mm-hmm. um, yelling, "Sorry, bro!" As I stab my rapier at him for. What is this? 16 to hit. Yep, that's a hit. Um, and but when you say that to him, his beard kind of takes a, a stronger shape. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit more definition, and it, it does feel a little bit more like it is your brother turning to attack you. Um, <laughs> Go ahead and roll damage. Um, <laughs> it's like, damn it, Pedro. Um, <laughs> nine piercing damage on my main hand. And then I, as I, even though 
I feel like the nightmare is a little bit more like Bromosone. I try to fight it and say this is a nightmare, obviously, messing with my brain. So I swing, take another swing with my offhand, which is and my... it loses its shape a little bit. My... Oh, yeah? Nice. Um, my, my whip. <laughs> my whip. Cool whip. I swing with a massive 11 to hit. That's a miss. Uh, I'll yeah. swing wildly so you did again. pierce into it and pulled a little bit um, out of it when you pulled your sword back out. Mm-hmm. But And then you see it kind of shift and take like a more solid form of Brummel Stone, and it looks like you stabbed him. But Erdlebe, to you, it doesn't take any kind of different shape. I anticipate, I wait and see what this Shadow Erdlebe will do before deciding. It's going to make an attack on Robordo. Bring it! It basically, like, headbutt you twice. Oh, uh, don't bring it. Um, <laughs> Take it hits you for nine damage, mm. and you lose four points of wisdom. What are you at wisdom-wise? Uh, I am down. I am... Do I add the modifier? No, what's your wisdom? Twelve. Minus four. So you're eight. Uh, yep. Okay. Not cool. Vasa. Has anything changed about Ertleby? No, it's just, it's just cozy. <laughs> she doesn't look sweaty or pale or so something. So at one point, she, um, she, she, she had her on her back, and then she rolls over and turns her back to you. So I need a perception check. Okay. Uh, perception check. That would be plus eight for me. So, yeah, let's hope I can <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I got a 25. Nice. So she kind of shifts and you circle her to see why she shifted her. You just have like this weird hunch the way she kind of like turned over like she was uncomfortable when she turned, right? And when you look, you can see her face is kind of scrunched and there's a little bit of sweat coming off her forehead. But she doesn't look pale or anything. She just looks like like she's maybe having an uncomfortable dream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Vasa is going to s- turn her back around so that her face is again facing Vasa. And then she's going to arrange some um, clumps of grass or bushes or whatever so that she can't roll over again. <laughs> so that I'm okay. wedging her in a position where I can keep an eye on her face and keep an eye on the surroundings. Yeah, you see and her I'm face kind of fidget more like she's in a couple more beads of sweat start to form. Mm-hmm. Um, Vasa's just gonna smooth her forehead, lean down, and whisper, "Find our friend, grandmother. Find our friends and pull them from the nightmare." And then she she sits back up to take guard. Yep. Or it'll be you gain a point of inspiration. Nice. The hand in it like candy. <laughs> Wow, um, isn't that nice? <laughs> Erdlebe? Uh can she hear that message from Vasa? Mm-hmm. Uh like you, you, you can you can hear it coming from the sky almost, and it fills you with this inspiration and you're sort of kind of rejuvenated. Excellent. Alright. Um so- and then one second. You also recover two points of wisdom when you get that inspiration. Nice. Like it's like talking to a coma patient. Erdlebe like is watching 
Roberto. She she's still in her younger form too. She's in the dream. But give me a give me a perception check. I got a two. I am not very perceptive. So what are you doing? She hears Vasa's words. She sees Roberto. She looks down at the orb in her hand, the orb that belonged to Roberto's brother. And she summons a moonbeam and focuses it straight on um, the shadowy Brummelstone. Says something like, this orb is not yours. But she says it in her sexy younger voice. (laughs) This orb is not yours. (laughs) I love like your sexy younger voice is just like your normal voice. (laughs) My very sexy voice. (laughs) It takes seven radiant damage and it has to return to its normal form. Yeah, so you watch as the uh, moonbeam crashes down again, uh, Roberto. And when it does, it almost splatters the form of your brother. And when it comes back, it's sickly, and it's trying to put stuff together again. And any any sort of myth, any sort of inkling of belief you had that it was your brother is gone. And with that also means that uh, if you were worried about it being resistant to your weapons, it's no longer resistant to your weapons. Oh, nice. And it's struggling to piece itself back together. Um... And Erdobi is holding something in her hand, but it you can't tell what it is. Like it looks like just kind of like this like weird milky substance, like this kind of like just like almost like a pearl. But it doesn't make sense to you. <laughs> Tin, they uh once again, even more of them are showing up now with more accusations letting you know pretty much all the things you've done wrong since you've chosen the path of the gunslinger. You didn't tip enough at that restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> you take another nine damage. What are you at hit point wise? I'm still doing okay. Good. And see. you lose a point of wisdom. So what are you at now wisdom wise? I'm at, I'm at four. So do you know what a four wisdom modifier is? Like negative 50, I'm sure. So a four is a negative three. So Tin is, uh, she's hearing these things and, um, she's going to like, you know, these things are pummeling her, but she's obviously like at this point, she's like, you know, uh, this is like either somewhere in my mind. This is some kind of dream. I feel like as soon as I say this, though, you're going to be like, that's what you would say if you didn't have Alzheimer's. And then you're going to be like, actually, you think and you're just drooling on the ground, but Tin recognizes, obviously, like, just common sense is, these, these are all her, and these are all saying things that she's obviously thought to herself, or things that maybe she's had guilt over. And especially of the ones that, like, when she spoke and the ones starting to pipe up, the one she immediately honed in on, obviously, is the one that uh, is probably the most, the biggest regret or, like, anger she's had towards herself, which was the fact of Nina's passing and that uh, believing it was her fault. And so Tin's thought is she spent so much time since Nina's death being angry at herself and hating herself and wishing that if she had just made the right decisions at the right time, um, you know, like kind of always going over those 
those bits and pieces. She just wishes that at some point she could forgive herself. And so what she does is she, first of all, she grabs a healing shard. So what she's going to do is like the one that said, like, you killed her. She's going to grab a healing, one of her, the healing crystals that she has. She lunges for that one, slams the crystal into the other version of herself, and also wraps herself around it. Almost like um, a parent hugging a struggling kid and just holding on. You, You rush forward, crystal in your hand, and you shove it against the the one that accused you of being guilty of Nina and then you grapple it and you bring it close to you and then you close your eyes and you have a moment and when you pull away the colors return to the fields there are no statues the fields are as beautiful as the way that Tompkins described them way back when, when he was misunderstanding what you thought. This is not the fields of the forgotten anymore. It is something completely different, and you stand up, you look around, none of those statues are there. Off in the distance, there's a small cave. All of your wisdom is restored, and you have a point of inspiration. Oh, yay! I got that inspiration! Done. Is the crystal spent? The crystal is spent. God. But the <laughs> okay, nightmare well. is gone too. Ooh. Well, then just wake up and explain why you spent a crystal on a <laughs> <laughs> Megan, what else are you doing? Uh, so you said uh, there's the cave, right? There's a cave up ahead. Okay. Um. So. Tin being in this, like, so with her wisdom being restored, does she kind of, like, start to understand of kind of, like, get a grasp of, like, what had just happened a little bit? It's up to you, does she? I think I think she does recognize it. Is that... <sighs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should I... She doesn't, and she for... just enjoys the field forever. <laughs> and then she just sits down, takes a nice nap, and then falls into another dream. No, she can't. <laughs> okay, so she sees the the caves and recognizes it from her own experiences as leading to other worlds. And she knows that she's been separated from her friends. And so really the only hope that she has of finding them is to go towards the caves and um, try and find a path. And who's the first person she thinks of? Well, definitely not Ertleby. She's definitely not (laughs) thinking of Ertleby. She's, (laughs) she actually um i think the first person that does come to mind is tompkins yeah the first person that comes to mind is tompkins because she's like looking at the caves kind of like it reminds her of tompkins but then she's also been concerned about tompkins this entire time and like really hasn't had a moment to stop and process that like Man, he's been through a lot of shit in like the last two episodes. Anyways, <laughs> but <laughs> no, but 
a moment later, you're it's almost like the scene cuts and you're walking in the caves and you only walk a few feet before the cave opens up and there's a small, rustic, unique looking house inside there. That obviously looks like something Tompkins would design. And then you push the door open and inside you see Brummelstone. Hey, hey, Brummel. <laughs> <laughs> you sound a little bummed. Uh, <laughs> is, it, uh, is it the real Brummelstone? Yeah, you turn around and Tin walks in, but oh. it's a different kind of tin. It's a tin that looks like... Not Nightmare Tin? Well, like that, touche. Um, definitely <laughs> definitely not a nightmare. Um, almost like a rejuvenated tin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to make the 2.0 joke so somebody else doesn't interrupt me and go, like, 2.0? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, she's kind of like a... She looks like she has a, a kind of weight lifted off her shoulders. Rumblestone smiles and uh, he says, it looks like you not only... Fought the nightmares, but you won. Are you looking for Tompkins, too? Tin automatically goes, I fought the nightmares and the... Wait. No, wait, that... I'm gonna go ahead and mute Megan real quick. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I, that's actually... And it also isn't applicable, because... Yeah. The song... Okay, yeah. just cut that out. Pedro, cut it out. No, that's... That's her lead in. What are you talking about? Shit. <laughs> All right. Um, Hi. Rumblestone. Let us do this together. Let us find the others. We're always strongest when we're together. It's a small little room. There's a couch. There's a little table. There is a drawing of a really fancy, like almost like it's blueprints of um, essentially this house, but much bigger. Some of the notes talk about it like overlooking um, an ocean. And then there's a small door nearby. I would uh, go towards the near door. You open the door, and like I said, this this is a pretty small house because this next room is the bedroom. And the bedroom has beautiful oak headboarded bed, and it has a painting up on the wall. But it's it's kind of hard to focus on. You're not really sure what you're looking at when you try to look over there. And then standing at the foot of the bed with his back to you is Tompkins. And when he hears the door open, he kind of straightens up a little bit. And he turns around. He looks very solemn. And he's like, hey. Master Tompkins, it's, it's time to wake up. And I would try to put a hand on his shoulder. He nods and he says, okay. I'm ready. Tin, Tin's like in this thing where she's like embracing more positive emotions. She's on this like, you know. How high's the sky kind of thing. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She sees Tompkins and it's just like, honestly, she's just so relieved that he's up and like moving and responsive that um, she like kind of well I'm sure Brummelstone's like talking she like rushes in and like picks him up and hugs him and it takes a second but he hugs you back like he kind of like lets it happen 
and it's a little tighter than you thought it would be. And then he kind of pulls back. He's like, I'm okay. I'm ready. Let's find the others. And then Brummelstone would think of Roberto. Like, that would be his next. And off in the corner in um, Tompkins' house, back in the living room, you kind of survey the room for a second. And then in the corner, you see... It doesn't quite make sense because you're looking for Roberto and you see a small orb. It takes you a second, but you realize it's your orb. Yeah, I would beckon the other. Make sure I would make sure that I wasn't alone. And then, um, if Tin and Tompkins were there, I would say, you know, come this. Let's go this way, or I would follow that path. You, you see it in the corner. You go. You kind of instinctively walk over and you pick it up and you look inside of it and you can see different timelines. With the timelines that you see inside of it, are the different moments of your life with Roberto. Mm. And then when you kind of pull your gaze back, all of you are in this open black plane and you can see Roberto and Ertlebee. You can see this huge moonbeam pounding down on what's left of this inky blackness. And yeah, all of you are back together. Can I go back to the orb flashback? Because I feel like there's sure. some good moments there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's uh, us sitting around the fire and Roberto's playing his bagpipes. Brumblestone is just like happily <laughs> laughing along. <laughs> it's like Brumblestone teaching Roberto how to play catch and he's like throwing an apple and it's just like smacking <laughs> Roberto's head and being like, no, and then you have to pick it up and you throw it back. <laughs> Real quick, um, Vasa, you can see that um, Ertlebe has kind of look. she suddenly looks more relaxed and she's kind of tightly clutching something in her hands but that's all you get from her right now. Okay. Um, does her, I mean, this, this seems like a really weird thing to ask, but like does the way that she's holding her hand look like there's actually something in her hand or is it just like a clenched fist? It looks like whether there's something in there or not, you don't know, but it looks like she's holding something. So like, yeah, so she like, she's been doing her rounds where she like takes a brief patrol of the immediate area, comes back, checks on Ertlebee, takes a brief patrol, checks on Ertlebee. So she'll like, at one point in her pass over Ertlebee, she appreciates the better coloration or appearance of Ertlebee. And she like pets her head a little bit like, that's a grandmother, find our friends. Um, and in this moment, she might notice that like she's kind of clutching something, and because she's on her way to like keep trolling, she doesn't notice it. She doesn't like react to that right now. She just thinks that, like, oh, she's in the clutches of a dream right now, so she doesn't react to it right now. She's off for another patrol. Okay. And then um, Roberto. Um, <clears throat> do I notice that all, all these other people have appeared? Yeah, yeah. They okay. keep appearing more and more of your friends. Um, continue to come around. I'm, <laughs> I'm still a little bit wary. I just realized that Erdelby is the real Erdelby because she helped me um, fight the monster. But I'm still wary. But the other ones might not be. Might not be, so not yet, um, not yet sure. You can feel yourselves, the rest of you, Tin, Brummelstone, um, you can feel yourselves slowly being pulled away. Like you're almost being banished from this plane. Um, but at, um, I'm. I try not to let the think of that too much. I still turn to attack the monster or the, the nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, my main hand, I. <laughs> I swing wildly. 
<laughs> not even good. Yeah, the doubt starting to consume you, and you take this uh, wild swing, and then uh -huh. what do you do after that? Um, but then I re... What word am I looking for? Re... Re... Purple? Re... Re... I get more energy, and I swing my offhand for a stunning also swing and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> was it was the word you were thinking of regroup? Re, no, it was something else like re recuperate. Recoup yeah, I guess recuperate. Yeah, recuperate. Yes, thank you. You did have a lot re going on in that moment. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, more nightmares. And I'm a little bit <coughs> flustered, but ho hope. I I look at um I take a quick glance at the other people again, and I kind of like, you know, if I look at Ertl the Ertlebe and assume like if she's the real Ertlebe, like these guys have to be the real and. Maybe give me an acrobatics check. Acro Ooh, acrobatics. I think I have a really high one. Let me see. Um, it's dexterity, baby. It's nineteen. You guys watch as, like, you can feel yourselves being pulled out briefly, and then you watch as that inky shape splits off. Can you roll damage for me, um, Erdelby? Ten radiant damage. Alright, so it moves out of the way, but not before taking some more damage. And then it engulfs Roberto. Oh. And then it starts to turn into this kind of swirl, this mass, as it gets taller and taller and stretches thinner and thinner as it reaches skyward. And you're not sure what it's going to do in the next round. Oh. And uh, Tompkins is the one that looks at it and it's like, it's leaving, it's going somewhere else. And he starts to panic. Uh, Erdelby. Not on my watch. And she like turns to Brummel's dad. She's like, hey, kid, can you use this? And chucks him the orb. <laughs> um, and then she says, oh, she's got to use her young voice. She's like gradually aging also. She's turning back into classic. <laughs> <laughs> no. I like that. I like that. That like you throw the orb and then it like zooms back and you're older. <laughs> <laughs> In that special effects budget again. Yeah. All right. So, hey, kid, can you use this orb? I hope so. And then she like she turns to the group. And she's like, "We need to get out of here. My body's with Vasa. Pumpkins, can we bring all of us out through that portal?" And he says, "What? What portal? First off, second of all, um." Yeah, Vasa can pull us out of here whenever she wants if she's still awake, but what about Roberto? Can we grab him? Somebody yeah, and he's like, but we have to go in there. I don't know how else to get him out of there. Let's do it. Whatever she threw at you, Rumblestone, fades by the time it hits you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice catch, Ned. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, it's stretching um, higher and higher and higher and it's getting ready to leave, it looks like. Okay. Uh, I think she's going to grab whoever is closest on both sides, so like maybe Tompkins, and then we'll just say, I guess Erdely since she tossed the orb, she's not close, so she'll grab Tompkins and Brummelstone. We're going in there. Yeah, Tompkins grabs back. Starting starting to walk very purposely towards it. Vasa is still hanging out. 
Has anything changed about her to be? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> she, you didn't realize it at first, but like, she looks like she's getting a little older, but not older than you've seen her before. <laughs> what does that, that make sense? Like, maybe like you notice that like she looks a little younger than earlier, and now she's kind of almost like her face is relaxing more and more and just like wrinkling back. <laughs> How long? <laughs> um, for you, it's only been about uh, three rounds worth, so. You know, 18 seconds. <laughs> yeah. You've whittled half a sphere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to root through her bag a little bit. What's in her bag? Mm. She has her exfoliation book in there. Yeah. What else is in there? What else is in there, Erlby? Uh, Lots and lots of healing crystals. Not that many anymore. <laughs> um can Fine. i take out her exfoliation book real quick and flip through it mm-hmm. so you find a list of names of the dwarves that died on the gambler um all kinds of weird tidbits that she's written down details descriptions of people i like to think that on the first page is like a vasa if you're reading this this is my diary don't read it ertleby <laughs> <laughs> is prepared for this moment yeah. <laughs> and this yeah. is how you were able to recognize my really bad drawing of everyone from the paw print because mm-hmm. there's like a no vases allowed and it's like <laughs> it's really bad it's just like a triangle <laughs> yeah vases see like warnings and she's like fair fair and then she just keeps on flipping um but if there's nothing particularly revealing or cataclysmically secret in there, at some point she'll get bored and toss it. Or no, she'll very gently place it in the bag because she doesn't want to crush, crush the crystals. Um, uh, I want there to be one page you see that's like, um, it's like a map. It's a map of, of COG. And there's like a lot of X's on it <laughs> and like forested reasons, but you don't know why. Yeah, yeah, and then she puts it back, and then she sets the hold bag of holding back against grandmother, and um, it's only been about twenty seconds, so really no reason to suspect anything is off. Uh, yeah, she's gonna get back to whittling her spear. Brummelstone, Brummelstone kind of understands the situation that's happening, and so that like Tin is moving slowly to let Earlby catch up, so he would send um. Kill Ramoth to kind of scoop up Ertleby. And he would All start right. like charging forward and be like, hey, Dickweed, that's my brother. Kill just rushes forward, and then if Ertleby allows it, we'll scoop her up. She allows it. Roberto, you find yourself in the middle of a swirling black, inky tornado. What do you want to do? Can I stab the tornado? Mm-hmm. I don't really know what to do, so I just assume if I attack it, it'll let me go. Alright, so go for it. I'm gonna. Seriously? Okay, you know what? I'm gonna use. I'm I'm pissed off that I've missed all my other rolls, so I'm gonna use a point of inspiration. Yes. Okay. I rolled a unnatural twenty. I do a whopping five piercing, but um, I also can add a colossus layer, which is an extra six damage. You watch as the tornado starts to unravel. Oh, nice. But it's not done yet. Okay, so I reach for my offhand, and I whip it again for 13. That's a miss. Miss. Ah. Um, 
Yeah. How you missed a win. I know. It's like I'm literally <laughs> surrounded by this. It's like shooting the sky. You can feel it throwing you back and forth inside of itself, and it crashes you around for uh, 18 damage. Oh. That's not good. And then you lose six points of wisdom, which leaves you at two. You can feel your autonomy begin to leave you. Your ability to make a decision is about to leave you. Shit. Your ability to intuit, your ability to perceive, like you you can barely understand what's happening around you. And then it moves higher and higher and it's getting ready to leave. This is the last round anyone's gonna have to do anything about this. Vasa? Well, I guess I'll I'll throw you about here. Um, Ertlebe, what's Ertlebe's um, expression? What's Ertlebe's emotions like when she sees this happen? You can hear Roberto scream inside the tornado. You can see the tornado just about to leave this plane of existence. Um, what's Ertlebe do? What's Ertlebe's feeling? She's panicked. She wants to save Roberto. She doesn't want to lose another team member um, to anything even remotely resembling Forest Hell. So hopefully some of this would come through on her face. Um, there would be fear, a grimace, etc. Yeah, Vasa, you see Ertlebe start to sweat more and almost start to hyperventilate, like almost panicking in her sleep. Yeah, um, it's been 30 seconds, and now Ertlebe <laughs> is like in the grips of a nightmare. So yeah, she's, uh, something tells her that she's found the friends. And now Vasa's faced with a decision being like, well, it's been 30 seconds. I haven't really prepared to make a call this fast. And now I can pretty confidently say that she's probably found at least a nightmare. Um, does she look like she's, other than just like terrified and in a nightmare, does she look like she's suffering at all? Does she look like she's in pain? Nothing more than what I said. Like, she looks panicked, she's hyperventilating, she's sweating. The whole point of her going to bed, going to sleep, was to find them. The question is, why isn't, if, if she's found them, why isn't she choosing to wake up? Because it's, it's we, we have the ability to wake up on our own, right? We don't need somebody else to wake us up? I don't think you guys have ever tried to simply wake yourselves up out of a dream. It's all new territory, essentially. It is new territory. And so the whole, okay, so the premise was that, hey, let's fall asleep to find our friends in their nightmares and to bring them back. So based on Ertlebee's expression, Vasa can intuit that, yes, she has found at least one friend's nightmare and they're currently in the midst of the nightmare. Now the whole idea of the whole, like, oh, let's imagine, let's dream up a gate and let's walk through that gate. Like, that was, you know, just pure fantasy, but the idea is like, okay, we find our friends, we hold on to them, and maybe we can wake them back up into existence. And Vasa is now confronted with the information that, yes, Ertlebe has found at least one friend. So based on her expression and based on that, I don't think Vasa would think that she would lose much from trying to wake Ertlebe up. So she gives, she reaches out and she gives Ertlebe um, a rough shake of the shoulder. Yep. And then with that, suddenly Ertlebe, um, you find Vasa above you, 
you're no longer in the rocky embrace of Kilgrim. And Vasa, you're surprised to see that um, maybe about 10 feet away from her, also pulling himself up as Brummelstone. Inside the dream, what happened was that Erdelby suddenly started to feel herself wake. And you have you have one sentence you can say, Erdelby, before this is over. So you feel yourself being pulled out of the dream and you say, The tower, go to the tower. And then she rips out of the dream. And when she does, she takes Kilrum and Kilrum throws a look at Brummelstone. And then Brummelstone gets pulled out as well. Oh, shit. I was hoping that she was holding on to all of you. (laughs) Um, Brummelstone, you and Ertleby are safe. Oh, shit. Brummelstone immediately tries to go back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It's not your turn yet. Just punches himself in the Um. face. (laughs) Oh, good to see Um. you all again. This is great. (laughs) Like, holy crap, I can't believe that worked actually like, kind of excited she's like <laughs> she thinks that oh great let's do that again Tompkins looks up at you um tin and he says all right it's up to us then and he grabs your hand tighter before she does this she kind of looks down at Tompkins to like see if he understands what she's wanting to do yeah he's game like he's looking up at it Either as they're running full force, like she begins to start running full force, probably picking up Tompkins to like help him move faster. She is going to like scream as loud as she can. It's like, Roberto, you need to wake up. We're coming in to get you. So you kind of like, you, you bend your knees, jump, take off, and your cloak erupts into a beautiful wingspan and you find yourself flying directly into the tornado with Tompkins in tow. And you guys crash in there and immediately you can see Roberto about 10 feet up. And you still got a little bit of move left and you have your action left. Yeah, she uses it to get to Roberto um, and uh, grab onto him. As, uh, as well as like hold on to her and Tompkins and then I think she's going to yell like uh, it's like well, one of us needs to wake up now yeah and uh, Tompkins is with you too and he's like you need to wake up think of a way to get out of here now Erdelby uh, uh, I'm awake in the other world right yeah you're up you're fine With, I mean in the real world Um, she would look at Vasa and Brummelstone to Vasa, she'd say, we were all together. Roberto was being sucked into some kind of nightmare cyclone. He didn't have much time left. When I came out, I pulled out Brummelstone, but Tin, Tompkins, and Roberto are still in there. Before I left, I said we should meet at the tower. I still think we should try and get back in there if we can right now. But otherwise, we should head to the tower while we try and rescue them. Dreams are not bound by the physical constraints of this mortal realm, and we need we need to to meet up with them any way we can. Honestly, Vasa didn't think it 
100% work when she shook Ertl be awake. So she's like still just kind of like reeling from the success <laughs> of the complete bullshit plan that she quote unquote thought <laughs> up of. Like, keep in mind, she had like been like, okay, maybe we should do this plan. She turned around, Ertl be asleep. 30 seconds later, Voss is like, ah, she looks like she's in a nightmare. I should probably wake her up. And then like, there's freaking Brummelstone. And now she has to process the information that, oh, hey, like, not only did you pull Brummelstone out of the dreaming world, first time we ever did that, by the way, you actually also found um, Tin and Tompkins and Roberto in the like 30 seconds you were asleep. Um, <laughs> she's like, and and like what tornado what the frick like she's she's feeling very out of the loop here and very rushed uh really feels like there hasn't been a moment to shine on the fact that this plan actually worked she thinks that deserves acknowledgement um but then she's like um she's a grandmother you've you've only been asleep 30 seconds and you've brought back brummelstone i didn't even realize you had found the others yes go back to sleep go back to sleep and uh, try to grab try to grab hold of them or however whatever you were doing at the time that caused bromo stone to be be brought back with you do the same thing i'll wake you up again and when she turns back Ertl is asleep again <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so you're asleep um bromo stone uh what are you doing right now um yeah he would be like he would was reaching out and saying like Roberto, and then he wakes up in this other place <laughs> And, you know, so he would put it together, I think, especially if they're talking about the dreaming. And he would be like, uh, you know, he might say, wake us both up. And he would have, like, taken a stance to fall asleep again as best as possible. I feel like Vasa would have, like, after Ertlby just passes out at her feet, she would have turned around to, like, try to get a fill of the story from Bromostone. And Bromostone's just, like, passed out, too. And Vasa's just like, I'm just feel, I'm just, like, running a nursery here. Well, Brummelstone, can you fall asleep that fast? Because we've always had a narrative thing of like Ertlby can yeah, pass out of Mel's no, nose. I think, yeah, so I think that would kinda... be like he would be like trying, and then then it would just probably like be a frustration, and then like slam down, and he would and he would tell what happened. Um, after hearing that, Voss is like, "Do you want me to choke you out?" Uh. <laughs> No. Yeah, no, Rumble so would be imagine... like, yeah. Uh, he would be like, apply pressure, don't kill me. <laughs> like, oh no, no. I mean like do you, does it does it work the same way if I render you unconscious? I don't, I don't think passing out works. I Rumblesun would suppose that like he's passed out before and he did not go to the dreaming world. He would think that like you have to actively choose. I like okay. to imagine Vasa's hands are slowly you raising up in the this frame. Right? This is what you want. And then Brummelstone, when he's like reasons with her, she's like, "Oh," and they like slowly lower back. And then down. Vasa's arms, like hands, come up again. She's like, "You want me to give you a soothing massage?" That would only make it much more tense. <laughs> <laughs> Vasa's like, "Well, you're on your own, Brummelstone. Uh, you're yeah. welcome, by the way." And then she goes back to setting Ertlebee back up into her little sleeping position. Roberto, I yell. I after hearing Tim yell that um, I need to wake. We need to wake up. I yell quickly back at her and say, "If this doesn't work, this, we have to kill." this nightmare as fast as possible or else we're being taken to who knows where so Roberto closes his eyes and thinks very very hard back to his very very first memory 
the memory of um, the first ever sensation he felt in the waking world, where um, he not so much it was, it was like a feeling of waking up, but like when he first was brought to life by um, Brummelstone and Brummelstone, the wizard, the other wizard, and he recalls the feeling he had where um, just kind of first realized that he was makes sense like he, his first sensation like his um um waking to see the, like these two strange looking um little bearded men um trying and just like hearing like kind of their the incantations that we're just talking about and um this like his first like just first first seeing the sky and the leaves and the trees even though he didn't really know what they were and he tries to recall that feeling as much as he can and um tries to kind of summon that feeling again to kind of urge his waking body to wake up again I guess and give me a charisma saving throw with advantage okay I'm gonna use my big ass dice okay I have my charisma is zero so I get a plus zero to 16 you let your mind kind of wander you dig deep into yourself and you try to find that memory that you're searching for and then you kind of lose yourself to the darkness and nothing exists and suddenly what you see is you see a room kind of fade into existence and there's two different sets of Uh, there's two different rows of seating and there are these small little people all around and they look very anxious and hopeful they're waiting all of them have to be like two and a half three feet tall right in the center of the floor which you're kind of beginning to conceptualize is a large diagram, some kind of inscription, which you later will learn are runes. Runes etched all across the floor and where at first maybe you felt like you were being restricted you realize that it's not so much a restriction but a guiding force that kind of helps you ease into the world and below you you see two individuals. The first one, he looks old, he looks a little gnarly, um, a little haphazard, but looks like he has an honest face at least, even if he kind of gives you a, you're not quite sure what kind of impression you have of him. But the second person that you see um, is a sturdy looking dwarf. Um, it's a kind of a a worried look in his face, but also a hopeful look in his face. And it's the first time that you meet his eyes. And there's a moment that you realize previously, um, when you'd first entered this nightmare, the elder spirit of fire, uh, reached out to you and tried to help you understand that you were a slave. And what you remember in this moment, as you look back at this memory, is that there is slavery is the wrong word like you said the moment that you look down upon this person you understand on the deepest of levels that you were looking at your brother 
and you realize that in this moment, this very sacred ritual that occurs in Obrimos when um, an elemental stone is awakened for the first time, it's not that everybody decides what they're going to be in these families. When you awaken, you understand on a deep level the relationships and the bonds that you have with each member of this family. The very idea that someone could tell you that you were a slave or that someone constructed your family or that people simply made choices and decided how you were going to be is the deepest level of insult you've ever felt in your life. You knew the moment you saw him that Brummelstone was your brother and nothing was ever, ever going to change that. And in that moment, when you realize that, you wake up next to him. Yes! <laughs> Holy shit! Tompkins is um kind of sh- shrugging uh, Tin, and Tin, you're kind of waking up too. Yes! <laughs> I was like, up. Tin's left behind. Oh, again. Tin's adventures in dreamland. Holy shit! <laughs> and, um, yeah, you can, like, Brummelstone, you were about to fall asleep. And then you had this kind of feeling wash over you, right? And you could have gone to sleep maybe. And then you had this warm feeling and this smile kind of crosses over your face as you realize you don't need to go to sleep. Hmm. And when you turn over, you see Roberto next to you. Yeah, Brummel Snow like crawls upwards and just like bear hugs this like, giant seven, like this like smack. <laughs> And then there's like this like embrace and then this like moment of like him catching himself and looking around and being like, okay, everyone's here too. Like him taking like well, Tally. Tom, yeah, Tompkins looks over at Tin and he pats you on the shoulder and he's like, we did it. We saved him. Totally oblivious to the moment that Roberto <laughs> and Brummelstone oh had. He's God. like, Tin, we did it. Look at, those, look at those simpletons we brought together. Me and you, Tin. The moment, uh, moment Vasa becomes aware that Tin and Roberto and Tompkins have appeared, she immediately spins around to check on Ertleby. And if Ertleby is asleep at all, she immediately goes over to shake her awake. Ertleby is gone. Oh, Fuck. shit. God fucking damn it. Vasa immediately turns back around to the group expecting to see Ertleby with them. She's like, where's Ertleby? Uh, she left in a hurry with Bremelstone, so I don't... <laughs> and Tompkins is like, well, where'd she fall asleep at? Maybe we should go get her. Maybe she woke up, like, did you leave her in the woods or something? Vasa, Vasa is like, Tompkins, I swear to God, if you hadn't just come back, I would send back you back to where you were. She was right here. Bremelstone, she was right here. Oh, you- man. Hold on. God, how many times can you crack your back? Uh, four. <laughs> What? What'd you say? Vasa's hand is clamped on the back of Tompkins' neck, maybe squeezing a little bit too tight. Mm, um, what? Tompkins. I just straightened Ertl- it out. Tompkins. <laughs> Ertleby fell asleep again to look for you You three. Why? She got out. Because you, you, the rest of you didn't come out with Brummelstone. She went back to look in for you. Oh, she should have believed in us. Tin and I were awesome. <laughs> Tin is like, like, yeah, we were pretty cool. (laughs) A little bit more closed. And then she just like, she kind of just like 
she, you know, she's she's frustrated. She feels like um, she feels like this was a miscall on her part to have sent Ertlebe back into the sleeping realm um, when, you know, when whatever had happened. And she kind of just like in that frustration just pushes uh, pushes Tomkins away into Tin as she paces over to to um, Bromo Stone. She says, you know. I'm I'm not sure what to do. Should we fall asleep again? I should go. I should I should fall asleep. I should go find her. And then suddenly, Ertlebe is next to you. Oh, oh god! What? What happened? T- sorry, you don't get a sleep adventure. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but then, yeah, Vasa says this to Ertlebe. She's the grandmother. What happened? Where were you? You disappeared. Are you okay? Ertlebe, you have no idea what happened. I have no idea what happened. Everybody give me a everybody give me a perception check. Oh. Take, take my plus eight. Take my plus eight. I got a nat twenty. Oh, Critical perception. I only got a twelve. Anyway, so um yeah, did, like... did none of us did none of us roll high enough to figure out what happened to Ertleby? I didn't say anything I... happened to Ertleby, I just want people to roll perception checks. Oh. Oh. Yeah, Dude. I only rolled a, a nine, uh, seven. Sorry, I got a twelve. Okay, I cool. got yeah, I took note. Um, <clears throat> thanks for listening to season three, episode twenty-three, "The People That Matter." Thanks to everyone for listening, and an especially huge thank you to all of our supporters over at Patreon for making this and every episode a possibility. The music from this episode comes from Kevin McLeod, with additional music coming from Alexander Nakarada and Raphael Crux. The sound effects come from Sirenscape, which you can find at sirenscape.com. Let us do this together. Let us find the others. We're always strongest when we're together. We're the little snake. You know, don't divide us. (laughs) (laughs) The flag, the flag, the snake, the constant, the different... It's a history joke. It's yeah, a history yeah. joke. No? Okay. I just am assuming Tin's going to... So what or, else you like, do on Brummelstone? So yeah, so <laughs> he would he would look, and I guess like... He nods and he says, okay. Well, I'm uh, ready. Well, Tin's like... Oh wait, sorry, is it? It's, you guys are yeah, yeah, you, you're there. Okay, okay. I don't think we're like. I was like, I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> I push away um, from Tin. Tin has to sit there for six seconds before he says anything. <laughs> on the other side, on the side, Enzo, that is one of the best spontaneous RP narratives <laughs> I've ever heard. Like, I don't know how long you were holding that in you, but. That totally deserved to work. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> on every that was, that was awesome. That was. But fucking David Ertlebe. Oh my god! Thank you. That was... power. <laughs> That's all she said. <laughs> Is this Ertlebe's side adventure? Probably <laughs> not. I know. <laughs> if she wants it, that I'll do that. But <laughs> no, it's Ertlebe's death. Go to the tower. <laughs> Fades out forever. And then suddenly, um, Ertlebe is next to you. Oh, oh god. What? What happened? Sorry, you don't get a sleep adventure. Sorry.
But then, yeah, Vasa says this to Erdo. She's the grandmother. What happened? Where were you? You disappeared. Are you okay? Oh. Erdo would drop her iPad really loudly. My God. Shyamalan. I went to go play Sudoku in the dream world. Yeah, I was legitimately worried because I have no hit dice left. I have um, no spells. Wait, I have no healing crystals. Oh, oh! I have, oh my I have god! No oh my god! Don't <laughs> I forgot about the, cr- the crystals. It's better to use a crystal than to die, Vasa. Uh, okay. Sleep mode activated. <laughs> I loved how you used that crystal and like healed yourself. <laughs> like that was like <laughs> that was a cool like character building moment. I feel like yeah. Bubble Sun was just like, oh this is a stupid dream. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, this is my fear. I, mean, I get it. The whole town's well, ignoring me. Might argue, did the crystal have to be used to forgive yourself? I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's a great Why question. Try the hug as it is, <laughs> and then maybe the crystal. Tin tin's a, a show showman. So showman. Your shower not a grower. <laughs> she's a she's a show person. Wow. She to be fair, she did have a really low wisdom in that moment. She maybe not just like picked up. It was kind of like a uh, let's try two things at once. <laughs> we'll just. That's never gone badly for anyone.